before I went to college. In my senior year, I found out that I had a tumor oh, wow. um, on the, my pituitary gland, which is in the middle of your brain. Wow. And so, again, I see how God was so gracious. And like, because ever since I was probably like five or six, I was going, God, you can do anything. Yeah. You know, you said we could walk on water. We could move that mountain from here to there. And I would pray those kinds of prayers as wow. a little kid. And so now I'm finding out, oh, I have a brain tumor. And that's scary. Absolutely. And yet, by that point and then going into college, I began to understand healing yeah. and um, just dug deep, if you will. So Absolutely. I think a lot of times out of those things that the enemy meant for our harm or for yuck, um, God just turns into an amazing thing. Amen. So that, that then developed within me a, a desire to study healing, but also to understand Proverbs 18.21. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Offstage Podcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. We are here in season two unpacking the stories of people involved here at the Ministries of Refuge. And I am very, very excited for today's story because we have none other than Heidi Eitenbrook, who is the principal of Stevens Point Christian Academy, and she's involved with our prayer team. So she serves in a lot of ways here at Refuge, and she's an incredible blessing to the ministry. And Heidi, what I'd love to do is mm -hmm. kick things off with an icebreaker to kind of get to know you a little bit, and I'd love for you to introduce yourself as well, but I'll, I'll toss you this. If you had 25 hours in the day, what would you use that extra hour for? Oh my goodness. You know, honestly, that's easy. It would be spending it with my family. Mm. I think uh, I've got some amazing kids, and uh, the time I have with them is pretty precious. So Amen. that's what it would be. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So Heidi, as I mentioned sort of in our intro here, and as you guys have seen in our other episodes here in season two, we are just unpacking people's stories. We're hearing mm -hmm. their testimonies and hearing how they came not only to know Christ in a deeper way, but to be involved here at the ministry. And so we're hoping to do just the same here today. And so yeah. I'd love to get to know you a little bit more. And the first question I'll kind of toss up here is, um, what did life look like for you growing up? Were you raised in a Christian home? How did you come to know Christ and what did that upbringing look like for you? Sure. So I was raised in a home that loved Jesus. Um, it was um, definitely really important to my mom that we read the Bible. So we would do that together. Um, and I would I would say that it was kind of a traditional upbringing in a, a denominational church. And so I think the difference was that we still read the Bible. Um, Definitely, always since I was little, I don't ever remember doubting that God was real or that he existed or that he was Jesus, um, but I hadn't really heard, you must be born again. So that language was a little bit foreign, um, but I would say that was kind of the main growing up. I had one brother, um, and so kind of just a real close family, close with our cousins, did tons of things with family, um, had lots of friends growing up. It's really a pretty fun growing up. We lived on a river, so we spent tons of time in the water. Awesome. We were always swimming and just really a good family. Yeah. That's great. So have you always been in the area? Um, actually lived in northern Wisconsin, okay. so um, about four hours. I'm great with direction, but north. So <laughs> towards Hayward, Trigo, um, kind of towards Lake Superior. Awesome. So beautiful country. We lived on the Nimicagan River, so 
it was very easy access to swimming and going tubing or boating or How fishing, fun. all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. That's great. That's great. I thank you for sharing that. Um, so you mentioned that um, hearing the language of needing to be born again, or even mm -hmm. maybe we could sort of generalize that and mm -hmm. saying that you needed to have a relationship with Christ rather than just be part of a religion. When did that sort of start to unfold for you? When did you start to come to a greater understanding that there was more than just going to church on a Sunday morning? Um, you know, I guess I would say probably in high school. Sure. I went to lots of different church services with my mom. She kind of checked things out, some different revival type things. Um, but that relationship piece, I mean, I feel like I was always talking to Jesus as a kid. So there were like these seeds of faith I can remember since being just really young. I think sometimes we get stuck on the terminology. So I, and then I worked at this gas station. I would have this crazy Christian come in and be like, you know, you need to be born again. And have you said the prayer and repeat after <laughs> me kind of thing. And I was pretty turned off by that. I was kind of, and I'm sure that was some pride in me that was like, what are you talking about? Like, I pray, sure, I talk sure. to God. I love Jesus. I have my own Bible, you know, that kind of thing. Absolutely. But um, I think sometimes we can get really stuck on that. And I feel like over the years, I've learned to know that, you know, really that profession of faith is how we live our life, Amen. you know. Absolutely. And so definitely there was pivotal points where I, I probably then once, once I heard that message, I think I raised my hand and prayed the prayer like 50 times because I was like, oh, I have to have this assurance, you know, like. And, and really, I think from when I was little, I was having a relationship with God, yeah, and yeah. He was building my faith. And then I would say the big game changer was when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Oh, kind of a stubborn word person. Yeah. So when I was in college, someone showed me the scripture in Acts 2 that everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I was like, well, if everyone was then what does that mean for me? Yeah. And I literally um, was by myself and we were, I don't know, we were, I was with a group of people, but it was more like an out there kind of a thing. Um, and I just alone said, okay, if this is real, then I want to pray in tongues. I, I want the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And in that very moment, then as soon as I opened my mouth, um, that prayer language was there. So it wasn't some like crazy experience. It, it was me going, okay, the word says this and I believe it Absolutely. and I receive it. Um, and then for me, that was really the kind of that pivotal change where then now there's power. Yeah. There's something behind um, this whole relationship thing, something that keeps me if I feel like I'm off, like Amen. I can just pray in the spirit and know that God's directing the path. Amen. Absolutely. So. I'm, I love that you use the term kind of pivotal moments there, Heidi, because that mm -hmm. was actually one of the things I wanted to ask you was along the way, what were some of those pivotal moments? So you had this revelation um, of an, that you could have the infilling of the Holy Spirit around mm -hmm. around what age? Was that high school? Was that college? That was my college, early college, so okay. probably like 19, Sure, 20, absolutely. something like that. So what were what were kind of some of the steps that led you to that? Like what'd you go to sure. what were you what were you going to college for? Right, what yeah. what led you to that point? Yep. And you know, kind of like I said, we want to unpack how you get how you came to be involved at the capacity that you are. So. Yeah. So when I went to college, originally it was for teaching. I think probably a lot of people do that. Yeah. Um, and computer science. And then I switched awesome. to communicative disorders, and then I switched again and again and again, <laughs> but still graduated in four years. So I was very hey, there we go. focused, let's just say. Um, but the pivotal points probably happened before I went to high school. Okay. So in my, or, or I'm sorry, before I went to college. In my senior year, I found out that I had a tumor oh, wow. um, on the my pituitary gland, which is in the middle of your brain. Wow. And so again, I see how God was so gracious and like built this. Amen. Because ever since I was probably like five or six, 
I was going, God, you can do anything. Yeah. You know, you said we could walk on water. We could move that mountain from here to there. And I would pray those kinds of prayers wow. as a little kid. And so now I'm finding out, oh, I have a brain tumor. And that's scary. Absolutely. And yet by that point and then going into college, I began to understand healing yeah. and um, just dug deep, if you will. So Absolutely. I think a lot of times a lot of those things that the enemy meant for our harm or for yuck, yeah. um, God just turns into an amazing thing. Amen. So that... That then developed within me a, a desire to study healing, but also to understand Proverbs 18, 21, mm. and just that death and life are in the power of our tongue. Absolutely. And so what I, as I learned more, I would just say, you know, first it was, God, heal me. I'm freaking out here, right? But then it was more like, you know what? Your word says. And right. so I thank you that you have healed me. Amen. Um, and then that as, over your life. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, that was an eight-year kind of thing, just saying thanks Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Yeah. Um, until I saw the manifestation of that and then um, had been in a healing service. And at that point, I was like, you know, I've asked you a lot, God. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I just felt like now was the time Amen. and just stepped out in faith. They had a thing where they said, okay, anybody that feels like they were healed in this service, please come up here. Yeah. And it was in a very large church. And so it took a lot of faith to just like walk onto their stage, if you will. But I just felt on the inside, not like goosebumps, not like anything crazy, but just like faith, right? rising up yeah. um, with that still quiet voice Amen. of the Lord, like, you are healed. And so I just went forward and said, I'm healed, and here's what I'm healed of. And then within 30 days, I had evidence that wow. that tumor was gone. Oh, and praise um, God. You know, just haven't turned back. So that, that again, was that was like eight years, and I was actually here in Point okay. when that happened. I wasn't here at our church. I had gone back to where I went to Bible school sure. and visited because they were having these healing services. Gotcha. And it was, I can't remember, it was over like the New Year's break because yeah. I was working then as a hall director at the university here. And I was like, you know what? I'm driving back to Ohio. I've got to like get in on this because now is the time. Absolutely. Like I've thanked God long enough and now I need to see the results. Amen. <laughs> and so I kind of, I guess it was like a long journey in the sense that I drove like all those hours to get to Ohio. Right. And then my faith was already being built. So when they, maybe when they made the call, it was just like, running to the altar practically, yeah. even though I was still like, am I really going to, am I really healed? You know, but then just that, and then I had an MRI that showed that that tumor was gone. So wow. the evidence, I guess, is really what speaks not towards anything in me. You know, when we look at the word, God is not a respecter of persons. Right. So no person can boast about what he has done, except that it's what he has done. Amen. You know, it's not that there's nothing special about me, you know, so I just think knowing that healing is for everyone yeah. and that evidence, we don't know when that will come, Absolutely. you know, because we've seen things where people aren't healed and then we've seen things where people are healed. Right. And no matter the case, we know that God gets the victory because, you know, I think even um, kind of babbling per se here, but when my That's dad okay. passed last year, it's like mm. he died and yet we were believing for him to he be healed. Yeah. And at the same time, we can look at that death swallowed that in that there's victory and that he is in heaven. Absolutely. So I guess I'm just thankful either way. Yeah. You know, and I think even those eight years of saying, thank you, Jesus, for healing me, just centers me in that whatever the case, yeah. we have to be thankful. Amen. So Absolutely. I don't know if that answers your pivotal, but no, that's that was fantastic. like a pretty huge What a thing. powerful testimony of yeah. healing. Absolutely. And, you know, but I, I think, think those seeds started, though, when I was a kid. Absolutely. And even... Um, Thinking of kids, like, I think that's why my heart burns so much for these kids today, yeah. because 
what we're planting in them when they're little, Amen. like it changes their lives when they're old. Absolutely. So. Well, and that's, that's absolutely scriptural, right? Yeah. That we, can, we can plant seeds that we may never even see the tree, but we can plant the seeds. And yeah, we can know absolutely. that other people who are faithful to do the same can come along and water those seeds mm-hmm. and they can help support that tree as it grows. But it's about being faithful to plant those seeds. And I think it's so incredible how from that very, very young age, you, you were even watering your own seeds kind of yeah, in a way, yeah. seeking that deeper relationship with him. And what a powerful testimony of healing that is. And, you know, I think that a lot of times when people don't see the healing come to fruition, they can become very discouraged. But just like you were mm-hmm. saying, even on the topic of unanswered prayers, and I know that this is something that Pastor Deb has talked about before, even if right. even if that healing doesn't necessarily come on this side of eternity, they receive that healing on the other side. That's and so right, the ultimate awesome. healing will always come. Yep. And that's a, a whole other whole other podcast we could do at some <laughs> exactly, point, but yeah. Yeah. that's that's very powerful. And I appreciate you sharing that, Heidi. So you struggled with that diagnosis of a brain tumor for eight years mm-hmm. and you just stayed faithful and you keep you kept on praying. And yeah. And you just yeah. kept pushing into the Lord, believing that that healing will mm-hmm. come. And I just surrounded myself with scripture too. Amen. I mean, I believe the word is effective. Absolutely. So my, when I lived in Ohio, I had an apartment and all over my walls were scriptures. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably the greatest time of like sowing God's word. Amen. So I would just perpetually be reminded, no matter where I looked, there was a scripture yeah. on, on healing, on God's power, that he is magnificent, that he's the one that puts everything together. You know, you would look at the word laminin, and that means that he holds everything together by the power of his word. Wow. And so I just thank God, you know, his word is where there's strength. Amen. If I'm not in the word, that's when I'm pretty messed up. Absolutely. That's when I'm having a bad day. Absolutely. No, <laughs> so. I, I completely agree with that. So this is obviously so such an incredible part of your story, but I know there's more too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from this this healing, the confirmation of the healing, where mm-hmm. does life kind of go from there? What does the, the next season of life look like for you? Sure. Um, I guess after that, I, uh, I, I don't know, I guess throughout that I had met Ben, who okay. eventually I married, my husband, um, and then now we have four kids. Incredible. And I think leading up to that, you know, one of the things I'm sure singles deal with is like, when am I going to get married? So I can remember being a kid and I just, I wanted to get married. Absolutely. Um, but then I finally, before I met Ben, had got to a place where the Lord finally had me content mm. and that all I really need is Jesus. Yeah. And I think that was pretty pivotal. I don't even know, like part of me sometimes thinks, would would God have ever brought him across my path had I not got content? Right. Because we know that God is jealous. Mm. And I was probably too focused on that like being young. Yeah. And and at the same time, when I went to Bible school, um, my pastor had said some great words of advice, and he just talked about believing for a spouse. And one thing he said is that he always prayed that God would make every person except for his spouse just despicable to him. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's really good. Like, I'm going to start praying that. So then I won't be like distracted or have to have heartbreak or, you know, sadness over a poor relationship choice. Absolutely. And so I began to pray that and believe for that. I didn't tell Ben that when I met him, that I was only going to date my husband because, you know, that's just not cards you want to play. So, (laughs) well, you know, like keep those things to yourself between you and Jesus. Um, Because like, who's going to ask you out? Like Mm. that's like first, I mean, and if you know my husband, he's someone that wants everything known before it begins. He's not a risk taker, which is totally fine. Absolutely. Um, So we were really good friends before we ever went on a date. 
And in the same sense, I had just kept praying, God, if, if whoever is my husband, great. Anybody else, get them away from me. Yeah. I make them gross. And I think God really answered that prayer. You know, I can say that Ben's the only man I ever kissed. That's amazing. Um, and, and that's not to be prideful, but I think that's God's protection. Absolutely. It's the sweetness of the Lord and his kindness towards me um, that he just kept me for that. And so... Everything has been amazing since, um, in the sense of like you have ups and downs in marriage. We've been married for this year will be twenty years coming up in September. That's so incredible. yeah. And since then we've had four kids. Yeah. And I think having our first was a struggle. Mm-hmm. It took us a long time to get pregnant with Benjamin. Yeah. Um, in the same sense, I was like, Well, if this is your will, God, you know, and then when the peace came and the rest came then we got pregnant. Amen. And I think anytime I've tried to do something in the arm of my flesh, yeah. God has reassured me, you know what? I have a plan. Absolutely. Just let me take this. Absolutely. So it's kind of like in basketball, I've learned a lot in, <laughs> in working in the school. Uh, I was echoing in my head, Coach Dan taught me, well, don't force the shot. Amen. So I think um, that's really a piece of life with faith. Yeah. Like it's, it's God's hands. Absolutely. You know, we just need to live with our hands open. Absolutely. And however we can serve whatever he asks us to do. Amen. I think, so. you know, in that, whether it be a season of singleness or whether it be a season of waiting, that contentment is so important and so yeah. powerful because yeah. when you when you come to understand that ultimately all the fulfillment we ever need is found in Jesus. That's right then you are in that position where you're ready to receive, right? Yeah. But if you're always in just a season of, of seeking or of trying to make it work on your own and you're not relying on the Holy Spirit to yeah. lead and guide your way or to be your provider, then you're never going to be able to be open to receiving from Him. And so that's yeah. so powerful, and I'm really yeah. glad that you shared that. And so this is, this is amazing, Heidi. I love, I love unpacking your story. Um, how did you come to be involved at the Ministry of Refuge, and what did that, sure. that path of life sort of look like? That was kind of fun. When I moved to Stevens Point, I interviewed here first to work at the university. And in coming, I called local churches. And when I called Refuge, I had a bunch of questions. And I don't even know who I talked to on the phone, but they answered all my questions. And I was like, I cannot believe there's a church like this in Wisconsin. Because I was from Wisconsin. But moving to Ohio and feeling that Bible Beltish, I was like, there's no churches in Wisconsin <laughs> that really believe in healing or in Jesus fully or the word is true. And um, just getting to know the pastors here, Pastor Matt and Deb, are pretty pivotal people in, in my life as well. Absolutely. Um, but just finding a place that is steady on God's word, Amen. I think, is what connected me. And then um, as I worked as a hall director, they had this opportunity where you could do an internship wherever mm. you wanted in the community. And so I interned here at the church, and that was awesome for like 10 hours a week and helped to start our Bible school wow. that we had. And again, all the while working for the university. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I started the journey here at Refuge. That's incredible. Yeah. And over the years, I know you've you've worn a lot of different hats, but mm-hmm. how are you involved today? Sort of, you know, yeah. I, I kind of said at the beginning, but I'd yeah. love to hear from you. Yeah. So today I serve over at Stevens Point Christian Academy and just lead our school for Refuge um, to advance God's kingdom. And I think even that's kind of funny because as a kid, children kind of scared me, yeah. um, and I wasn't super interested in them. I was locked out of the house once when I was babysitting, and so I think that kind of scarred me, and I was like, <laughs> I am called to college students. I don't know anything about small children. Yeah. So I can remember when pastors asked me, can you just help in the school a little bit, you know, help mm-hmm. with some admin types of things, and I was like, I don't know. 
you know, they had asked me that early on when I was still at the university, and I had said no. And then eventually I came to work here and over the Bible school and volunteers and stuff. And then they asked again, could you help out in the school a little bit? And I was like, well, sure, I'll do whatever you ask. Like, that's that's great. So I just started to serve and help. And I think over the years um, have really grown to love. And I love that um, God has created these kids with so many gifts. Amen. So probably even that reminder of that he sowed seed of faith in me when I was like five or six yeah. has led me to really see that there's so much purpose in serving kids. Yeah. Um, recently, I was listening to a podcast, and they had shared that um, by age 10, kids, uh, 75% of people in church today make their decision for Jesus. Wow. Oh, no, sorry. 50% by age 10. Oh, okay. And then it was 75% by age 18. Wow. And... And when I heard that, I was like, this is it. You know what? My heart is to see people know Jesus, mm. ultimately. And there's so many things that are confusing for kids today, yeah. even just who they are. Absolutely. So I love that we have a school where we can say, you were made in the image of God, Amen. in His Absolutely. likeness, and He loves you, and He knew exactly what He was doing when He made you. Absolutely. And so you're beautiful. You're, you have purpose. You have significance because Jesus says so. That's so powerful. So, um, yeah, I, I love what I do every day with kids. It's, so it's amazing. It. Well, and you are amazing at it. I can I can testify of that. I am a graduate <laughs> of Stevens Point Christian Academy, and my experience there was nothing less than amazing. So it is certainly an incredible, an incredible area of the ministry that we have yeah. here, and I'm very thankful for it. So Heidi, now that we've kind of kind of walked through so I know we I know we didn't touch on everything but now no, that we've sort hey, of walked through your story here I'd love to to pitch you this question what do you think is the biggest difference you see in your life um, from now with the relationship that you have with God to maybe when that was first getting started or maybe even before it sort of took the shape that it has now what's the biggest difference between right. Heidi today and Heidi before this deeper relationship with Jesus I think peace mm. and trust, yeah. you know, like I know that nothing takes God by surprise. Amen. And so no matter what comes, nothing, like it doesn't matter if there's a cancer diagnosis, it really doesn't matter um, what it is, he has strength to get through it. Amen. And so um, I, just, I love to pray for people who have impossible situations yeah. because I just think none of those things take God by surprise. And he uses all, I don't think he created those bad things, right. but I think exactly. he uses all of those things to draw us close in intimacy with him and closer um, in just knowing that ability to trust. It's not that we have to do something Amen. to get there. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, sometimes people are like, oh, you get a lot done. I'm like, yeah, because I want to serve God. Not Amen. because I want to have a lot done at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, it's really all for his purpose and all to honor him. Yeah. And I and I really think that trust and that peace that just comes from knowing nothing takes God by surprise. Absolutely. That's powerful. That's powerful. Thank you, Heidi. And sort of, sort of in that same vein, I want to ask if you maybe had a theme word or a theme phrase or maybe even a scripture over mm -hmm. your life and your walk with God, what might that be? I feel like that is a loaded question. Absolutely. So... Hebrews 11 and 12 have been huge to me. Yeah. Hebrews 11, the book of faith. Like, right. I think faith is probably a word for my life. And then I get to chapter 12, and it's all about discipleship and discipline and running that race with God and not giving up. And so not giving up, staying persistent, um, staying close to Jesus. Um, and I think that whole kind of going full all the way back, perhaps, back to Acts, yeah. like that infilling of the Holy Spirit 
is, is central and just knowing the power of God is real is, is huge. Absolutely. And then I also think I love like there was a season here at Refuge where Ben and I were both part of the worship team, yeah. which I wouldn't say. I mean, he can sing. I wouldn't say I can sing. I, I would say I, I love to worship Jesus. So they probably didn't have my make a joyful noise. Right? They probably didn't have my mic up at all, which is great because I just love to worship and and whatever. I, I have no idea, but it, it. I would just say this that in John, I think it's twelve. 32, I think. Um, But it just talks about when he's lifted up, all people are drawn to him. So ultimately, I think for my life and my heart is to really be an arrow Mm. that points others to Jesus. You know, like we did youth ministry here for a short season, my husband and I. And I think, you know, my goal wasn't that they know me as the best youth leader or like I'm a cool person. Right, of course. It was like, how do I get them to know Jesus? Amen. How do how can I be an arrow that points others to, to Jesus? Absolutely. And same thing with my kids. Like I absolutely love my four kids, but I want them to know Jesus. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's that's kind of the ultimate thing for me. Absolutely. That's so powerful. And I think, you know, even going back um, to that scripture about running the race with endurance, your life is a testament to that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, in yeah. dealing with that diagnosis for eight years and in right. going between Ohio and Wisconsin with your time in school um, and having mm-hmm. those scriptures all over your walls yeah, so that yeah. wherever you turn, you're you're encouraged by the scriptures and you're never letting yourself doubt right. or, or fall into dismay. I think that's such an incredible test. And I thank you for sharing that, Heidi. The sort of last question I'll throw out here, and it's a question we asked everyone, is um, if if the Ministries of Refuge specifically had any part to play in sort of launching you into a deeper relationship with God or mm-hmm. even just bolstering your relation, relationship with Him at all, what yeah. might that part have been? You know, I think the honesty of our pastors, yeah. you know, Pastor Matt and Deb are super honest and super in love with Jesus. When Pastor Matt testifies of how much he reads the Word, yeah. that inspires me and it makes me want to go deeper with God. You know, I think he reads like eight chapters a day or something, whatever it is. It's like, oh man, you know, I can see why they're so stable because the word is always first. Mm -hmm. And um, I think they draw us closer to God because of their relationship with the Lord. And there's nothing I can be more thankful for. You know, I think as far as the ministry here, they're true people. Like we serve with pastors that love people and love God. And because they love God, they love people well, Amen. you know, because um, there's always tweaks that need to happen. And their honesty in my life has has been huge. Amen. You know, it's something I absolutely need. Absolutely. And, you know, for all of us here at the ministry, it's important to be open to receive those tweaks and whatnot. Right. And I think I forget if I heard Pastor Matt or Pastor Deb say it, but going to what kind of what you said about mm-hmm. their their commitment to being in the word, everything, yeah. everything around us is going to change. Politics is going to change. Culture is going to change. It'll all change. But the one thing that will never change mm-hmm. is the the undying word of God. It is it is living, right? And so mm-hmm. it's so important to be yeah. tapped into that and to understand it and to gain revelation from it. And so we certainly have amazing pastors here at the ministry and mm-hmm. They have their own testimonies here in season two, so we encourage everyone to go and watch those. But yeah. as we sort of wrap things up, mm-hmm. Heidi, I'd love to ask, do you have any any cl- closing thoughts you'd love for people to to know or any final, final little things here? Boy, that's a big question. I have too many thoughts that race through my head all the time and too many questions. But, you know, I would just say if you're doing anything that's drawing you away from your relationship with God... Mm-hmm. Ask yourself what those things are yeah. and and ask the Lord, what can I do to draw closer? You know, and just know you are made in his image. And no matter what anybody else is telling you, um, you have significance in Jesus. You know, I think that is really the most important message, you know, that we want to send and that I want people to know is like there's purpose. Like maybe you're feeling hopeless today 
and um, there's purpose in God. Amen. Absolutely. We can always find purpose in him. There's no doubt about that. And he created us for a purpose. Absolutely. And that's so powerful. Well, Heidi, like I said, we want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your story. It's a powerful one. And I trust that everyone watching from home or wherever they're at certainly gained something from it. And with that said, we just want to thank you guys again so much for tuning in today. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on this uh, video and tune in next week for the next episode. Hope you guys have a good one.